back to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend Aaron. We are in Second Chronicles chapter 33, just moving along. But before we go on, I just wanted to do a quick, give my quick condolences to the family of Sidney Portier. Shout that man out. He passed away today. He was 94 years old, made it to 94. Man. Classic. He's uh, now I need to go watch uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner and uh, Lilies of the Field. I've never seen Lilies of the Field, but apparently that's the movie he won an Oscar for. I had no clue he was from the, from the uh, Bahamas as well. So, very inspiring story. I, go, I can't encourage y'all to go look up just different articles about his life. CNN has a pretty good write-up by this guy named Brandon Griggs. I encourage you to go check it out. It's pretty good. For those of y'all that had no clue who he was and what he did for the black community and all the black actors that came after him. Because before then, there was no black superstar or movie star. We were all in playing backup roles, behind-the-scene roles, mammies and cooks and... um, Yeah... Coonan, so Mammy's Cooks and Coonan. That's what, yeah, that's what they had us playing in movies. So, all right, we are in Second Chronicles thirty-three. Manasseh rules in Judah. Manasseh was twelve years old when he became king, and he reigned. Uh oh, this don't sound too guys. Twelve years old. We'll see how this goes. <clears throat> Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 55 years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, following the detestable practices of the pagan nations that the Lord had driven from the land ahead of the Israelites. How is Hezekiah such a great king, but his son Manasseh did the complete opposite of what his dad did? Just reminds me, yeah, like people talk about PKs be wilding out. <laughs> for those of y'all know, PKs is a acronym, an acronym for uh, pastors kids. Pastor kids be wilding out. I or have a tendency to wild out. It's very a lot of. I mean, there's a lot of pastors kid. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of pastors kids that know better and they don't do anything too crazy. Nobody's perfect at all. Yeah, all of us is sin and falling short of the glory of God. Uh, yeah, but yeah, there's there's some PKs to be out here. Woo, wowing. I've had some my I have had I've uh, had my wild days myself. So yeah. So anyway, this is pretty interesting. Just seeing this, you would think Manasseh would be just like his father. Doing everything that was pleasing in his in the Lord's sight. All right, anyway, here we go. Verse 3. He rebuilt the pagan shrines his father Hezekiah had broken down. He constructed altars for the images of Baal and set up Asherah poles. He also bowed before all the powers of the heavens and worshipped them. He built pagan altars in the temple of the Lord, the place where the Lord had said, My name will remain in Jerusalem forever. He built these altars for all the powers of the heavens in both courtyards of the Lord's temple. 
Manasseh also sacrificed his own sons in the fire in the valley of Ben Hinnom. He practiced sorcery, divination, and witchcraft, and he consulted with mediums and psychics. Whoa. He's like, he's, he's, I'm going to do it all. He did much that was evil in the Lord's sight, arousing his anger. <clears throat> this is now sound good. Verse 7, Manasseh even took a carved idol he had made and set it up in God's temple, the very place where God had told David and his son Solomon, my name will be honored forever in this temple and, and in Jerusalem, the city I have chosen from among all the tribes of Israel. If the Israelites will be careful to obey my commands, all the laws, decrees, and regulations given through Moses, I will not send them into exile from this land that I set aside for your ancestors. But Manasseh led the people of Judah and Jerusalem to do even more evil than the pagan nations that the Lord had destroyed when the people of Israel entered the land. They were more evil than the nations that got driven out. Excuse me. The Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they ignored all his warnings. So the Lord sent the commanders of the Assyrian armies and they took Manasseh prisoner. Ooh, hoo, hoo. So the Lord sent the commanders of the... My bad, I just read that already. <clears throat> they put a ring through his nose, bound him in bronze chains, and led him away to Babylon. But while in deep distress, Manasseh sought the Lord his God and sincerely humbled himself before the God of his ancestors. Hey, there we go. Praise God. He humbled himself. That's the key. Let's see what happens. Verse 13. And when he prayed, the Lord listened to him and he was moved by his request. So the Lord brought Manasseh back to Jerusalem and took his kingdom. Then Manasseh finally realized that the Lord alone is God. So they have that proverb that talks about train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. That's the importance of just really telling your children about Jesus. And yeah, giving them that word. Because yeah, they may, they may veer away. They may stray. But they'll always come back eventually. Verse 14, after this, Manasseh rebuilt the outer outer wall of the city of David from the west of the Gihon Spring and the Kidron Valley to the Fish Gate and continuing around the hill of Ophel. He built the wall very high and he stationed his military officers in all of the fortified towns of Judah. Manasseh also removed the foreign gods and the idol from the Lord's temple. He tore down all the altars he had built on the hill where the temple stood and all the altars that were in Jerusalem, and he dumped them outside the city. Then he restored the altar of the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings and thanksgiving offerings on it. He also encouraged the people of Judah to worship the Lord, the God of Israel. However, the people still sacrificed at the pagan shrines, though only to the Lord their God. Interesting. So the pagan shrines are still there. Something about that don't seem right. Verse 18. The rest of the events of Manasseh's reign, his prayer to God, and the words the seers spoke to him in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, are recorded in the book of the kings of Israel. Manasseh's prayer, the account of the way God answered him, and an account of all his sins and unfaithfulness are recorded in the record of the seers. It includes a list of the locations where he built pagan shrines and set up Asherah poles and idols before he humbled himself and repented. 
When Manasseh died, he was buried. And so this is interesting because I, in the New Testament, there's a scripture that talks about how our sins are basically separated as far as the east is from the west. They've all been washed away by the blood of Jesus. And all our days are written in his book already. So, yeah, I'm curious to know, like, so in eternity in heaven, like, will we see? Will people be able to see the things that we did that were evil in the Lord's sight? Will that be put on? Because I used to have this, I can't remember where I heard it. So some pastor used to talk about when we stand before the Lord, all of our our whole life will be played up on a TV screen or something like that. And we'll have to give an account to the Lord for everything that we did. My question is, will we have to give an account for those things that we did wrong versus the things that we did right? I don't know. I try not to think about it too much because it will just, uh, I don't know, it could boggle your mind and slow you down or put you into a, a deep rut of shame. Or in a in a another rut of striving, trying trying to make up for lost time or all the bad deeds that you did. And at the end of the day, he said, "Our good works are like filthy rags." So doesn't mean you shouldn't do good works, but you don't do them to gain some type of reward. You do them just because God, you know, delights in what we do good deeds serve people love people obey his commands anyway where was I where was I so Manasseh's prayer the account of the way God answered him and an account of all his sins and unfaithfulness are recorded in the record of the seers it includes a list of the locations where he built pagan shrines and set up Asherah poles and idols before he humbled himself and repented. When Manasseh died, he was buried in his palace. Then his son Amon became the next king. Let's see what Amon does. Amon rules in Judah. Amon was 22 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem two years. Ooh, he only made it two years. That's a short, that's, that's a short term. It's not even a full term according to, you know, U.S. United States presidential standards. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight. Surprise, surprise. Just as his father, just as his father Manasseh had done, he worshiped and sacrificed to all the idols his father had made. But unlike his father, he did not humble himself before the Lord. Instead, Amen sinned even more. Ooh. And Amen's own officials conspired against him and assassinated him in his palace but the people of the land killed all those who had conspired against king amon and they made his son josiah the next king all right josiah i believe was a good king but we'll have to wait and see stay tuned stay to Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned, or missed the mark, or veered off the path, and fallen short of the glory of God. 
or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen.